Okay, Jeff, are you ready to do this? Okay, I have a bit of an extra challenge this time. Is is I, for whatever reason, I wrote out a whole page of notes by hand last night on one particular topic that I hope to get to, but now I got to see if I can read my handwriting. So so. Just going old school, huh? <laughs> All right. Well, we'll. Thank you for happens. listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Go ahead. I am Roger Fields. I'm here with my brother Jeff Fields from Central Kentucky, and we're ta- this is the Fields Brothers Show. And we haven't said for a long time we are not the Dewey Brothers and Marks Brothers or the Smothers Brothers, but we are the Fields Brothers from Kentucky, and we talk about the grace of God, what it's like to live on this side of the cross after Christ has paid the full price for our redemption, and we talk about other stuff too, just kind of whatever comes up. So, all right, Jeff, what you got? Well, before I get to that, I um, need to say just a word or two about the retreat coming up. That is getting very close, yep. uh, November 7th through 9th. And I sent out an email recently. So if you had contacted me about it, hopefully you have received an email within the last few days. And I asked for people to reply just to confirm that they're able to come. And I had to say, almost there may be a couple, three that I haven't heard back from, but I think I know them already. Um, so far, only the one couple... Um, Young couple, young pastor and his wife from California are not going to be able to come. Okay. And he said he's super bummed about it. Oh, I saw and that. Yeah. So I, I was kind of bummed about it. So we we're bearing one another's um, bumness. Um, but he had a good idea. Did you? I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, record and do like do yeah. the podcast there. You While know, we're do. there, of course, that requires your. <laughs> Requires my Your cooperation there. The Fields Brothers, <laughs> plural, yes. Okay. Well. So for whatever reason, I, I just want to um, go on the record as saying, if there's any way possible for you could get down there for at least as part of it, I am going to try to do that. Um, then. And if that does, bring all this equipment with you. I think don't you, don't you think that'd be fun? Yeah. To record oh, yeah, a podcast there. With yeah. A, oh, yeah, I do. I mean, yeah. a couple times. I know we had a studio audience of. Two one time. I think it's going to be a letdown for people though to kind of see it. Well, I think they're you know they're they're like, really that's all they do. That's that's it right there. That's you know that's behind the curtain. It may not, may not be quite as exciting. As that, that, okay, that reminded me of a. I got an email from another listener this this week. Someone that I happen to know lives down in Atlanta, and um, he said something I thought pretty pretty cool. That um, let me find it here. So he attends a church in Atlanta, not a you know not a real large church. Um, oh, where is he said? Um, and he's um, you know he's not he's not the pastor or anything. He's they're just they're you know. Well, they somebody texted you saw? I mean, no, he, he emailed email, me. Emailed you? Okay. He listened. I, I met him when when okay. Dawson and I were down there last year for the right. Network two twenty conference. He emailed you something, and we met him. He he took Dawson. He and his wife took Dawson and I out to eat. And just had okay. a really good visit. Right. Anyway, and we we attended that congregation the next morning before we came back as All well. Right. So anyway, he listened to our podcast. So he emailed me and um, the various things. But um, but one of the things that caught his attention. Well, okay, this you'll you'll enjoy this too. Um, he said, uh, he said, our church received a compliment this week that was somewhat related. So, he, you know, we talked about, um, I brought up the thing, compared it to wrestling, professional wrestling. We talked about that a time right. or two ago. So that right. was kind of the context of this. Yeah, the new word for that. He, or, yeah, uh, word, yeah, whatever kayfabe. Kayfabe. Was that word? Yeah. Okay. You know, so anyway, so with that in mind, he writes, our church received a compliment this week that was somewhat related. A couple has been coming for a few weeks, and they're coming from a more polished Sunday morning experience. The husband told the pastor this morning had the lowest production value of anything I've seen in a while, and it is exactly what we need. Yeah. 
And he said, no pretending here. <laughs> then my friend writes, no pretending here. We're really that bad, and it seems to be working. So <laughs> That's a great term, that, though, production value. Right. That's low production value. And that's, that's also, I'm going I'm I'm yeah. to share that with some of the folks at the little congregation we yeah. attend. Because the place we attend, there is very low production value. Well, you know, Jeff, some would say that. that about our podcast. It has well, low production <laughs> value. So... <laughs> But then he also writes, I didn't ask him if I could share this podcast, but I'm sure he's, he's okay with it. Um, and he said, you also had me at Olivia Newton-John. He said, several years ago, our Sunday morning band performed hopelessly devoted to you with no lyric changes. I agree. What a great expression of the Father's heart for us. Wow. How about that? Cool. So, yeah. so you weren't the first one to think of yeah. that, for one oh, thing. shoot. I thought I was. <laughs> Sorry to, oh, right. to burst your yeah. rubble there. But um, anyway, so, but the, yeah, the low production value. Boy, I can relate to that. I mean, you know, I like just a simple, uh, the older I get, the simpler I, <laughs> I like it, I guess. And uh, smoke machines and flashing uh, lights and strobe lights. and That doesn't draw you closer to God, uh, Jeff? Does, no. Uh, that do no, it for you? Not, all right. not at all. So, hey, You know, I, mean, I got to share something with you. You know, sometimes it's the little things in life that can bring you a lot of joy. And sometimes it's something that you just get a revelation of. You think, Duh, why did I not think of this sooner? Well, I had one of these moments this week. Okay. Okay. So, you know, on the, on the patio, we have live on the, on the, on moonlight fields. It's a wedding farm. You know, we do have, we have weddings out here in the barn. And, and so we, on the back patio, we have a, a, a pond, about a 3,000 gallon pond and a waterfall. Okay. Which we've had, for, I've lived here for what, 17, 18 years, I think. And so um, we had, we've had a, we had a leak in, the, I guess, a pipe that runs from the uh, skimmer. You know, they have a skimmer to, uh, over to the waterfall. And so it was leaking in the back. I'm like, oh, brother, you know. I think, where is this leak? I've got to pull some rocks out, you know, hunt this leak down, fix this pipe. And I'm sitting there looking at this pond, and all of a sudden I had this revelation. Like, there is nothing in my life that causes me let more stress and gives me less enjoyment than this pond. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, why do we have a pond? Okay. Could we not just drain this thing, fill it with dirt, <laughs> and grow stuff in here, make a little garden off the patio? Yeah. She loves the idea. And so we've been working on that. We've already done that. We've drained uh, it. We've filled it with uh, topsoil, mulch on top of it. And for the first time in, I guess, 18 years, I don't have to worry about chemicals. I don't have to worry about the fact that another great egret's going to come eat all my fish. <laughs> I don't have to worry about whether it's going to freeze in the winter time. I don't have to worry about where it's leaking. I don't have to worry about the level of the water. <laughs> I, there's, I mean, it's amazing, little by little, incrementally, how much effort and thought and stress this pond has put into my life. You know, there's some analogy like waiting oh, to happen here, isn't it? or have you not I, thought it through that You know, far? I don't even need an analogy for this. this just, it's just <laughs> the idea that you can just kind of get used to doing something a certain way and not realize that it makes no sense <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah, people can make their own analogies off and of I, that, I think. Originally, I thought the pond in the waterfall would be a, a big asset to the weddings. Well, not very few people ever come up to the patio. I mean, they spend all time in the, what we call the love shack or the gazebo, the field and the barn and all that area. They, never, they rarely come up there. It's like, so it wasn't a big issue. We had to have it for the weddings. Like, why do we have this pond and this waterfall? Okay. Go ahead. I think maybe, 
I'm guessing surely you give, have already thought of this. Some, well, maybe not. I think there's even deep. a better reason. I think this is going to make you even feel better. Okay, go ahead. And this just dawned on me. I don't know why this dawned on me a month or two ago. It's maybe because we were looking at a lot of wedding locations, you know, one of mm-hmm. our send all this stuff. Uh, mosquitoes. Oh, oh, that's another. Oh, yeah. yeah it draws mosquitoes. Thing. Well, but yes, but we put a chemical in the water to keep it, to kill the mosquitoes. We're pretty good with that. But yes, it still can. I bet it still draws some. Well, with the chemical it, in there. well, but we we and we we fog. I mean, we're pretty good with mosquitoes. We fog for mosquitoes every other week. And you know, well, but but maybe you don't but, have fog as much. Anymore. Well, I and mean, then we still fog the whole farm from mosquitoes. But I mean, your point is well taken. There still could be pockets of places where. The water maybe isn't flowing or where the chemical doesn't get to. But they have rings that you can put in water that will kill mosquito larvae <laughs> and larvae. And so, but, oh, but anyway. You have a new lease on oh, life Oh, my here, God. This is the first time I've, in 18 years I've, not gone, I've gone into a winter and I have to worry about where the pond's going to freeze. I mean, we used to put, like a, you know, those cattle heaters you put in, like, you probably don't know. You don't live on a farm. You're, you're a city boy. But they make these things. that are like a metal ring you put in a trough, and it keeps the water from freezing. They make it for... Uh, livestock, you know, but we okay. put ours on a pond so it makes sure that the water does flow and it'll freeze on the top. But the water, it's just, it's just unbelievable hassle. All gone. Now, what I need to do is find oh. someone, I need to find someone who's going to be attending a wedding out here and tell yeah. them, hey, when you go out there, ask him, oh, what happened to the pond? Yeah, we just the pond? love yeah. the pond. Or I just can't tell you the joy. <laughs> The euphoria I have that I do not have a pond on my patio anymore. So anyway, so I'm trying to think. Is there anything in my life that would be, uh, you know, that I've that's I don't know. stressful that I could do without? And I think why why am I putting up with this? I, nothing's coming to mind. We do not have a pond. But I mean, and, and, and you know, farmers would come up at night because there's water. You know, raccoons. It draws raccoons. Yeah, varmint. We're from Kentucky. Yeah. Well, that's a, everybody knows what a varmint is. Don't they know what a varmint is if you're not from Kentucky? Raccoons. Of course, the possums aren't so bad you know, because possums eat, little, you know, eat um, ticks and things. But, oh. you know, I mean, it's just amazing. So, anyway, I'm a happy man tonight. Got rid of okay. Can I, can I go on what I've yeah, got go ahead. in my hand here? And yeah, see. go ahead. So, I'm going to a little lead. It's something I uh, actually sat down and listened to um, a new podcast. I've been listening to some. Actually, they don't even do this podcast anymore. They did it for a couple of years, and the old, you know, the most recent one is several months or maybe a year old now. And they've each, there's two guys actually when, um, listening to them, uh, reminds me a little bit of us. I mean, they're not brothers, <laughs> but they do kind of go back and forth a little bit okay. and they have some humor in it and all this, the, the name of the podcast for anyone's interested in it. And it, there is, it's named after a bird. I was confused at first because the name of the pod is it's one word, uh, God wit, G O D W I T, which is the name of a bird. The bird called God. There's a bird. There's a God wit bird. Okay. And I, and I don't know why they named that podcast. And again, now they've gone different directions. But if you search for it's still there. It's just there's no recent ones. Okay. But um, one of the guys is named Paul Smith, and the other guy that was on it had done some stuff with uh, Bruce Walkup, and so that's how I heard of the other guy. Then that's how I kind of eventually stumbled on this podcast. But um. So, so that, so, and I, I listened to it again the last night and just wrote out by hand, uh, notes on this. Cause it was all on one and this one he just did by himself and it was from 2020, I think last year sometime. But anyway, let me start with a question before we get into this. Um, who was the first person in the Bible that was c- called righteous? Noah. Was he ever called righteous? That's I don't not know. right, but. No, but give us some thought here. Come well, on, you went was to Bible a, college. You were a preacher. The first person called righteous. I mean, that was that was um, that we know that God considered righteous. 
I would have thought Abraham then probably. That's probably what I would have said if someone asked me because we so remember. You got me. Okay, who I got it? you. So, you know, because we, we know that you know, Abraham believed God and it was credited him as righteousness. Yeah. I also heard something else on them, see, these same guys on the way out here talking about, you know, why did God choose Abraham? You know, there is nothing in Abraham. Oh, I, mean, he just, oh, I know. He just picked a yeah. pagan too old to bear he children. He lived to earn a Chaldees, yeah. which means if he's like everybody else, he worshiped the moon. He was an moon. absolute pagan. Yeah, he yeah. was a pagan worshiper of the moon yeah. when God got a hold of him. Okay, go but ahead. But anyway. In Hebrews 11, it says, it talks about righteous Abel. You know, Hebrews 11 talks about the, the offering okay. or the sacrifice that Abel gave, and it refers to Abel as righteous. Okay. And there's a lot of people in the Old Testament, or several, that, that Scripture records as righteous, which is interesting when Paul says there's none righteous, no, not one, in Romans 3. But I think there he's talking about righteous by law, I think is, is the, the way to explain that. But anyway, where I'm going with this is Genesis 4. And this podcast points out that Genesis 4 wrecks a lot of our theology. And I'm going to admittedly raise some questions. I don't, I don't have a lot of answers to this, but I just found them interesting. I think you might see if we'll All right. try to get see through it quick. Got. But the idea, because, you know, when you think of the, the Genesis story, what do we all think? We think of creation. We think of what we call the fall, which I hadn't thought about. The word the fall is never used in Scripture right, for right. it. you know. Right. But there was definitely you know disobedience and sin there. It was a little snag there, I would say. <laughs> a yeah. little hiccup, yeah. Yeah, a little hiccup in humanity. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but then, you know, when we're if we're telling the story to someone, it's kind of like Adam and Eve sinned and infected the human race, and then we jump from there all the way to Jesus. And, but Genesis 4 is very interesting, even actually a little bit toward the end of Genesis 3. But So the idea, that the point here is that when we look at Genesis 4, it does not square with a lot of what we've grown up thinking that, you know, the, the, the common narrative is that Adam and Eve sinned, man was, became totally separated from God, became completely sinful from there, and then the rest is all about getting back to God and, and getting their nature changed back. But when you read Genesis 4, there's some things that just bring that into question. Well, so I'm get not making there any already, there. okay? I mean. <laughs> well, I, even the one, um, you know, Genesis 3.21, even before we get to, and I've got, got my Bible here. So this is the end of Gen, uh, Genesis 3. And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them, which mm-hmm. we remember that. But you don't think about, okay, if they're separated from God, how is it that God has made garments for them and clothed them? So I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, then I'm, you know, they were definitely, you know, put out of the Garden of Eden and kept from coming back in. But I'm pretty well convinced that's the Garden of Eden is not the same. I don't think it's the same thing as God's presence. And I'm, we don't need to get into I'm that. Not, but, I'm not saying it is either. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I think you'll that. agree with most yeah. of all this stuff. But then, the, you know, so they have another child in, in chapter 4, verse 1, and Adam knew Eve's wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Okay. So Eve says, I got help from the Lord. You know, that doesn't sound like separated, you know, as we would think of separation. And, you know, they, I mean, there's communication. And then we get to Abel, you know, Cain and Abel. I mean, the idea was kind of like everybody just immediately became sinful. Well, yeah, Cain, you know, killed Abel. But Abel's considered righteous and all that. Am I boring you here? No, I, I just, yeah. I mean, I hadn't really, I guess I never really thought of it like everybody is now sinning wholesale and the whole human race has gone down the tubes. After the garden, I mean, so anyway, so a little bit more here. Um, So I already mentioned the book of Hebrews calls Abel righteous. I mean, that's just the second generation, the very first generation after sin, and he's righteous. So how does that? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know. Now there again, 
Then in so still in chapter four, works, verses you know. six and seven, the Lord said to Cain, "Why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, you so I mean, he's talking to Cain here. I mean, if they're separated, why? How are they talking well, to Cain? Well, I mean, so, God talks to humanity, calls to all through the right. yep. the Old Testament books. Yep. I mean, it's not like there's such a separation that nobody can reach God. I mean, right? Well, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's a good point, but that, you know, but it's just I don't. You know, I think it does kind of. That's why a lot of the narrative, a lot of times, doesn't make sense. That totally. But then verse fourteen is fascinating. Four four fourteen. So Cain uh, talking to the Lord. I mean, so they're talking. I mean, there's a relationship there of some sort. I mean, there is a relationship. There is the same kind of relationship apparently they had in the Garden of Eden, but there is a relationship. Would you agree with that? Um, well, I I, that. I I think they probably already started to see. God differently. Okay. I think there was some All blindness. Right. Blind, some blindness probably. Hey, maybe. Anyway, verse 14. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a few. So that day, I mean, after. Who's saying this? This is Cain. Cain's saying this. Okay. So after he ascend, and, you know, God is, you know, uh, he hears about the. Um, so when you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wonder on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I, I, bear, I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from your face. So, I mean, how can you be driven away from someone if you're already separated from them? So, I mean, all that is just, and I think that's, let's see what there is. Yeah. I mean, chapter 5, you know, we got Enoch. Enoch walked with God. That's, right. the, you know, right. Noah and so in right. Hebrews 11 talks about that. So, it's just the idea that, I think the idea that mankind became totally sinful to the core right off the bat, I don't think that's scripture. That might, in other words, what you're really doing is going after the doctrine of total depravity. Yeah, yeah. So and that, that I think there's something to be said that the corruption, you know, obviously by the time Noah comes along, which is 2,000 years, I believe. I think I read that. Well, at least 1,000, yeah, not 2,000. Yeah, yeah. That it was kind of a process of corruption. Things did get corrupt. Totally, pretty much totally corrupted by then, according to that. But just the idea, so okay, so what difference does that make? So what's the big deal, other than just maybe curiosity, which, you know, we don't want to do things just out of theological curiosity. But it's the idea that, no, we're not, even the person who's not a believer is not, in my view anyway, not totally corrupt and sinful to the core like that. You know, God made man in his image, and I don't think that, you know, that got tainted for sure, and man became blinded. But just the idea that when we think about that, you know, because Adam and Eve sinned, all of humanity became, you know, sinful to the core and totally separated from God does not seem yeah, to be supported okay. by Genesis. All right. So. Okay. I, I'm with you. What, what, what you can't say, and I guess what we do kind of imply, I don't know if you ever say it outright, is that, you know, if, if you don't have, if your faith is not in Christ, that does not mean that God can't do something in your life or can't communicate right. with you or can't draw you right. or can't whatever. Um, you know, we've you know the whole idea, the picture of the big gulf where you're so separated from God, you know, you're not even on the same level or on, on the same field until the cross yeah. bridges the gap. I don't think is scriptural. Yeah, and that's right. You know, in Him we live yeah. and move and have our being. You right. know, that was said to yeah. pagans. That but was said to the pagans. other thing it relates a little bit is just the word righteousness. You know, we talk we've talked about words that are really misunderstood or mis. You know, I mean, if if I ask you what's your, what's your three top words in the Bible. That are misunderstood or miss. Well, I would, to me, it'd be repentance. Repentance would be one. Flesh for sure. would be one. I, mean, I thought of that. Flesh would be yeah. Um, I don't know that righteousness would be my top three. It'd be up there. Yeah. I think um, salvation is one of them. Salvation. I think we. 
You know, it's um, much broader than just we typically think of salvation as on the road to hell, on the road to heaven. You I know, think even the word sin has been is misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. You know, we just make it as a. But I heard listen to some of these same guys. Righteousness. They made the point. And I agree with this. That righteousness is not moral perfection. No, that we tend to think because I mean Abraham believed God. I mean here we're back to Abraham, a pagan. God said, "I'm going to do all this for you. I'm going to bless you." And he I just think, believed it. I think righteousness, says, righteousness. Would you agree with this? Righteousness means you're just in a right standing with God. You're in a yeah. right place. It doesn't mean you're, you know, um, morally perfect, morally perfect, or free of all sin. No. Yeah, it just means you're in but a right it, place. Right, and and it's it's more of a correct, you know. That I mean, it's almost like I wouldn't go. This is not probably the best analogy, but almost like it's like a math equation. Okay, three plus four. If you say it's eight. You're wrong. If you say it's seven, you're right. So it's just being right about who God is and who we are in relationship to Him in a right relationship there. And so, and so Abel had that. I mean, evidently Abel had he was right to some extent. You know, Hebrews calls him righteous. And um, and you know, so I, you know, I'm not trying to. And that was before the law too. I mean, before the law, like, yeah, you know. and obviously before the cross um, and all that. So I mean, I'm not saying I know all the answers to that or what that means, but I guess I'm throwing it out there for people to kind of think about that a little bit yeah. and, and kind of ask ask the Holy Spirit to well, give you some guidance my wheels with turning. that. Okay, but um, the other thing, and real quick on righteousness, I thought this was a good example. That when we think of God as judge, we we always kind of think of um a criminal trial type of thing. But there's other types of judges, even in our system. Think of Judge Judy, which is the example that someone used. You know, you get there's just an arbitration, there's a disagreement or a conflict between two <laughs> okay, people. Okay, that might be too big of a leap for me to equate. <laughs> I'm not judge saying Judge Judy, Judy is God. Anything. But okay, I'm saying, I'm saying the system. I'm saying there's there's judgments, or like Solomon, you know, split the baby. Well, that's deal. like the word. I mean, there's two words for in even in Greek for for judgment, you know, Bema was mostly a judgment of, of giving awards away. It wasn't a judgment okay. of punishment. Well. The judgment seat of Christ is the Bema seat. It's, it's a place where you just, Christ gives out awards, but there's no punishment involved. Yeah. Well, even, well, that's true. But then on the, back to the, the, the judge duty or what, there's a bunch of those shows, whichever one, whichever one your favorite is, um, you know, there's, there's a disagreement, there's a conflict. And so it's not a matter of who broke the law. It's just who is right. Who's wrong in this disagreement and who's right in this in this agreement? And so, you know, righteousness is being right in that term and in, in that sense before God. Anyway, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Hmm. All right, you change, you know, turn a corner a little yeah, bit. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I, sometimes the simplest things that I've, that I've thought of before hit me before, but then hit me again in a deeper way. And it's a little bitty thing, a little bit point, but just the fact that when you read through, um, particularly, I guess, the book of Acts and then through the Gospels, that when someone puts their faith in Jesus, in no place anywhere is there anything even remotely like a formula for that. Mm-hmm. There is just nothing. I mean, there's no, okay, say these words. I mean, there, there's really nothing. And I'm, I'm amazed with that, that it is a, it's a personal, you know, but the belief has no formula. It's just yeah. it's trust or it's not. I mean, what comment on that? You know? Well, I mean, you're right, and that's, I mean, and, and it, you know, that's aggravating too. You know, give me a formula. Yeah. I mean, let me know. You know, if you give me formula, I can probably build a whole ministry and sell yeah. books and yeah. work books and study guides and, and all this. I mean, it says like you know, whoever, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but it didn't say. I mean, so okay, what is that? You just say okay, you, know, you put your faith yeah. in Jesus, but there's no okay. What's calling? What what's what what sentence do I say? But there's a lot of people that are really hung up on. 
Yeah. You know, what, what do you say? What are the words? Um, I mean, I don't know. I just, there is, I've asked you one, let me tell you this too. One time in, um, I used to run kids blitz ministries. We would do, um, an invitation salvation time at the end of that. And people make a confession of faith. And what, and we, we thought we were, I thought I was pretty good at that actually, you know, and we were very clear. Even then, I was very clear that it's not about what you do for God, but what God has done for you. We just said, Jeff, you want to do this. It was no pressure, but just, you know, and we let people, I think, just stay in their seats and do it. But anyway, and it, well, I, at one time, I guess we'd let people come forward, but so we did it different ways. But at one point, we were uh, being um, kind of evaluated, I don't know if you know this or not, by the Billy Graham Association I don't think to I do, do come do something with one of their crusades, Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the one thing they wanted to see is kind of how we did our invitation <laughs> okay. time. All right. And apparently it didn't measure up. I don't know what <laughs> that already hurt my feelings. I don't know what we he thought or they thought we should have done that we didn't do. But I always thought, what so what? Now well, I can see what he did. I'm like, not that much different. So anyway, I just thought it. Yeah, there's definitely no formula. Um but boy, you know, I think I think some of this comes from I hear, I read more and more and hear more and more about the kind of Western evangelical thought. You know, we tend to think like Greeks, you know, in the West. And I, and I think we like things logical and spelled out and A, B, C, D, E, and, uh, where the, you know, the more the Middle Eastern, the, the Hebraic way of thinking is just a different way of thinking that we don't appreciate. I think it's more of a story and more relational, more more relational and more, um, you know, meditative, Instead of just reasoning type of thing, yeah. and so and we definitely um, bring in what we would call a left brain approach to this. Yeah, I can never know. remember which brain's which. Yeah, which left. Sides are there. And then you <laughs> I have to remember that you just know that. Is there a trick to remember which side's which? I, so the left is the analytical. Yeah, left is analytical. Okay, analytical. Analytical has an L in. Okay, well, yeah. I'll so work analytical. On this. So it's just you know we just have it. That's, we look at things mathematically. We look at things that formulas and diagrams. And or I thought the other day, I thought like an engineer. You know, we yeah. wanted to, how's how's this work? Mm-hmm. Okay, this salvation thing with God. Yeah, how right. does it work? Yeah, right. You know, they got YouTube videos on how things work. Mm-hmm. That's the way. You know, we tend to to view God's work. Yeah. In our life. Okay, yeah. how does it work? Yeah. As opposed to who is He and what is He like? Yeah, and, we look at like an know, engine. Okay, now what does what here? What yeah. part does what? Yeah. And how you how does this thing fit together? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a different way of um, I'm I'm a little more appreciative of uh, yeah I, I told someone you know so you and I went to Bible college you know college degree on the Bible yep and you know that's kind of Greekish I think you know that's a Western yep. type of thing and um and I think of you know you can understand all these mysteries but if you have not love it profits you nothing and the letter kills but the spirit gives life. And knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. I mentioned to someone the other day, yeah, I've got a Bible college degree, but I think I am just in my first semester of love college. That there's yeah. a, a long way to grow and yeah. in growing, just knowing who we are and how loved we are. I can yeah. hear I, can, I get so. that. So you heard it. Roger is coming to the Fields Brothers Retreat. Let's All say right, that for sure. Roger's going to make a concerted <laughs> effort. You know, I'm, I'm also I'm a realtor in high demand, and but, so you know. But you don't have to take care of your pond anymore, so that that, well, that, that should free true. you up some time. You, to, to that's, a good, that's actually a decent point. I mean, <laughs> it's just you know? a three-hour drive. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true.